and forever. And you may be seated. Amen. And I'd like to preach on this thought this morning. He still can. He still can. I'm talking about a God. I'm so proud that I found this apostolic way. I'm so glad that I found the truth. It's such a beautiful feeling when you know that you know what you got a hold of. I went to church all my life, but I didn't, I didn't know God. I just knew about Him. But I thank God and the Holy Ghost. Why we, we sing and shout and worship. Friend, we, can't, we couldn't do this on our own. Friend, it's God inside of us giving us this joy and this peace and this excitement. There's something about knowing God, not just knowing about Him, but knowing God for yourself that puts that joy inside of you, that puts that peace inside of you. It just puts an excitement inside of me. But I'm so, so proud of my God, and He's still able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. We have people studying about what He used to do. We have people reading about what he used to do. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there's still a God. He is still able. He hasn't lost any of his power. He hasn't lost any of his glory. He hasn't lost anything. He's still the same today as he was back then. I'm talking about a God that doesn't get old. A God that doesn't lose steam, friend. I had some uh, people that used to pass out this Watchtower magazine came by my house. And I was waiting for them because I had a question for them. And I began to think, I said, they believe in a God that somehow lost his power to heal. They believe in a God that somehow lost his power to deliver. They believe in a God that somehow lost his power to do the miraculous. And I've got a question for them. It doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. If they've got the same Bible that I've got, I've got a question for them. And when they came to my door, I said, now, do you believe the devil has the same power that he used to have? And they said, yes. I said, he still has the same power to afflict people with drugs and alcohol and sin and diseases and afflictions. And they said, yes, the devil has the same power. And I said, well, does God have the same power that he used to have that was able to overcome any of those obstacles the devil had? And they said, no. I said, you've got the wrong God because my God has not lost his power. My God has not lost his power. He's still as strong today as he's ever been. He's still as great today as he's ever been. We still feel the same glory that we felt 20 years ago or 2,000 years ago. And they said, well, we've got to go. We've got a busy schedule. And I said, can you answer that question for me? Why has the devil retained his power, but God cannot deal with him, cannot overcome him like he used to? They said, we'll send you some literature. But friend, they stuffed in my mailbox. They have never been back to my house because they don't have an answer. They don't have an answer for that question. We're living in a world where the devil is rampant. The devil is working his work. But I'm telling you, there's a God that's greater than the devil. There's a God that's greater than drugs. There's a God that's greater than alcohol. There's a God that's greater than sin and fortification and adultery. There's still a God that's still able today to do what he's always done. He's still able. 
He's still able to do it. But I, I, when I preach, and, and prayer has been on my mind uh, on this service today, I probably won't preach on it, but this is kind of what's been on my mind and my heart, and I'm going in this direction. But I was thinking about prayer, and uh, I, I, I realized when I'm talking about God is the same as He's always been, and that God can still answer prayer today, and God can still do great things today. I want you to know, friend of mine, that God does not always answer your prayer the way that you want Him to. I'm telling you, that does not diminish His power. That does not diminish His glory because He is not working for us. We're living for Him. We can't say, God, here's our schedule. God, we want you to abide by this. No. God says, here's my schedule. You're going to walk on that schedule because this is the best way for you. This is the way that's going to be good for you. You don't understand my schedule, but I understand my schedule. You don't understand what I'm doing in your life, but I understand what I'm doing in your life. So just follow my schedule and everything's going to be all right. And we don't understand it sometimes why God doesn't answer prayer, but he's still able. He's still able if he wants to. He's still able to do it. The three Hebrew children said, I don't know if he's going to let us burn in this fire or not. But I tell you what, he's able to deliver us. If it's in his will right now, you don't have a chance. But I'm telling you, whether he's able, whether he does deliver me or not, I'm going to still live for him. He doesn't answer every prayer that I've ever prayed. He's able to, friend. And I know he's able to. But he said, King, we're going to answer you this. We're not even going to answer you carefully. Our God is able. But whether he does or not, that's up to him. That's up to him. A friend of mine, I've had prayers that weren't answered. I want to talk about some today on how to get prayers answered and how that God is still moving in these last days. But I had a situation where God did not answer my prayer. God did not answer my prayer. But I learned a lesson better from that prayer that wasn't answered than any answer prayer that I ever had. I had two major surgeries uh, a few years ago and when I was uh, my first operation there was one thing that they did that was very painful and uh, on the whole operation I was there for maybe five hours on the operating table knocked out but there was only one thing in that whole trip of 11 days in the hospital that I really dreaded there was one thing that I was afraid of one thing that hurt too much one thing I didn't want to happen again and when I went back for my second operation that, that was on the schedule, there was two uh, that went together. And I said, man, that's the only thing that I don't look forward to. or not. That's the only thing I really am afraid of. And, and anyway, so that happened again. And then they, they, uh, there's some, some uh, levels of my body that they were checking. And they were saying, if it doesn't reach a certain level after the second operation was over, they wanted to do it the third time. And I, I said, oh, God, no. That's the only thing that I prayed about. That's the only thing I didn't want to happen. They can give me that stuff that makes me so sick that I can't, I, I can't hardly stand it. They gave me some stuff to drink that was so deadly. They said, if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. But I could barely get that stuff down. Finally, I said, what can I do? I can't drink any more of this stuff. That wasn't the thing I was scared of. But I said, I can't drink any more of this stuff. And they said, well, we can give you a shot. And I said, that's no problem. Give me a shot. 
I can't drink no more of this stuff. I couldn't take it anymore. And they came out with a needle. And I'm not exaggerating. It was so long. I grabbed a hold of that stuff they gave me. And I started drinking it again. Go ahead and take that needle back. I'll go ahead and drink this some more. But finally I got the place. I couldn't drink it. I said, give me the shot. But it didn't even hurt hardly. But that wasn't what, what got me. All that tribulations and trials that I went through wasn't got me. But one other thing did. And I prayed, God, this one prayer that I'm praying, God, would you answer that prayer? And they told me, the nurse told me, at 4 o'clock, if uh, your levels have not reached a certain place, you're going to have to go through this again at 4 o'clock. So I had four hours to pray. Four hours to pray. And I knew, God, you can do it. God, you can do it. And I prayed, 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 and nothing happened. And we're looking at 3 o'clock, and still nothing happened. And we're looking at 3.30, and still nothing happened. And 3.45, and still nothing happened. I was watching my watch, and times were ticking away, and still nothing happened. And I said, oh God, it looks like you're not going to answer this prayer. It looks like you're not going to answer this prayer. Four o'clock came, and we're always looking for God. We've seen God do the miraculous so often that we're looking for a miracle at any second. And sometimes it doesn't come just like we think. And four o'clock, I was still waiting for a miracle. But four one, I was still waiting for a miracle. But at four o'clock, something came over me. And I said, God, here I am praying for you to do this and you to do that. God, I'm just going to thank you even if you don't answer my prayer. God, at four o'clock, the prayer has not been answered. But I'm going to praise you anyhow. I'm going to thank you anyhow. Let him come. I don't care. It doesn't matter now because I'm going to thank him. It didn't really come from my heart at first, but I made myself say thank you, Jesus. Even though I wanted that prayer answered so bad and God did not answer it, I still pray thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And after a little while, after two or three times like that, I started feeling it. After three or four times like that, thank you, Jesus. I was saying thank you, Jesus, by faith. Three or four times, but finally, the Holy Ghost moved in, and I could really say thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you even if you don't answer this prayer because you gave me salvation. God, you've done so much for me. God, I can't, I can't be mad at you. I can't be disappointed at you. If you don't answer this, God, I'm going to get out the list and go through and say thank you for this and thank you for that. I've got too much to be thankful for to sit here and be bitter. I've got too much to be thankful for to lose out with God. I've got too much to be thankful for to have an attitude. Oh God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you even though you didn't answer it. He did not answer it. He did not cause things to happen at four o'clock but friend of mine whenever he saw that thankfulness whenever he saw that praise I don't know what happened but anyway the levels reached things reached the right place about seven o'clock and then about 7 30 a nurse came in and then I was safe then so I asked her did anybody did you guys forget about that thing at four o'clock and she goes oh I just came on duty at four o'clock and nobody told me about it. We didn't even know about it. 
at four o'clock while the nurse was clocking in I was saying thank you Jesus while the nurse was clocking in at four o'clock I was saying thank you Lord thank you Lord I'm gonna praise you Lord and I don't care even if it does happen I'm gonna thank you God and somehow God saw that thankfulness and somehow that nurse forgot to relay the message over to the other nurse and God answered my prayer just because I said I thank you whether you do or you don't whether you do or you don't I'm still gonna thank you I'm still gonna praise you I'm gonna still lift up your name even if things don't go the way I want them to go God if I I just thank you for salvation. Thank you for all you've done for me. God, you can do so much in my life. My God, even if God doesn't answer that prayer, just that spirit of thankfulness is greater than any prayer that you could ever ask for. That feeling of thankfulness that comes over you. So I'm here to tell you I've been around long enough to not be naive and say that every time you pray that God is going to do it the way you want him to do. But even though I know that, I know he's still able. I know he's still able. I know there's certain things that he's promised, friend, that he wants to do. If I hold on to him, he's going to do them. There's some things that he's promised uh, that he he wants us to reach out and get a hold of. But we've got to reach out in faith and get a hold of it. I need someone to read for me. Brother Nathan, could you read in Exodus 3 and chapter in verse 13? Exodus chapter 3 and verse 13. And we're going to talk about a God that still can. A God that still can. Exodus 3 and 13. Then I'll say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me. And they shall say to me, What's his name? Hold there for a second. Hold there for a second, Brother Character. Moses was saying, I'm going to come to the children of Israel. And I'm going to tell them about this God that did it in the past. I'm going to tell them about a God that used to do this and used to do that for Israel. And I'm going to come and present this God unto them. And Moses had the wrong idea. He said the God of your fathers, what God used to do, maybe had the right idea. He was going to tell them of what God did in the past. He was going to tell them there's a God that used to do this and used to do that and used to do this. But God said that's not good enough. I don't want them to know about what I used to do. What, what did he say to tell them? What shall I say to them? What's your name? God said unto Moses, I am that I am. He didn't say I was that I was. He didn't say I used to be that I used to be. He said I am that I am. Moses, you tell them I'm not a has-been. I can still lead them out of Egypt. I can still do the same things that I used to do. Moses, don't tell them about their fathers. Tell them about what I'm going to do for them today in their life. God said don't tell them that I was and don't tell them that I will be. The world tells you that we're going to do this and we're going to do that and someday it's going to be. No, God didn't say I will be that I will be. He said right now I'm ready, willing, and able. If you're ready, willing, and able, I can do it if you're ready. 
He said, I am that I am, Moses. I am that I am. I'm not a used to be. I'm not a has been. The world today, you go to the malls, and who do you see? Marilyn Monroe and Jimi Hendrix and Elvis Presley. They've been dead for 15, 20 years. Janis Joplin and all their heroes, they go to them for inspiration. They put their picture on their wall. But friend, there are used to be. There are has been. They can't do nothing for you now. It's over with. Friend, they're still reaching for Elvis. Oh, Elvis, we love you. But where is he now? He's not here when they need him. And the world looks at their rock stars, Madonna and Pearl Jam and all the different groups. And they idolize them, Nirvana, and they idolize them. But where are they whenever they need them? Where are they when they're on their deathbed? Is Pearl Jam going to be there? Is Madonna going to be there? No, they're not going to be there. There's someone that used to be, someone that can't help you. The world is looking for alcohol and drugs. But let me tell you, when you're on your deathbed, they're not going to come to save you. But God said, tell them, I am that I am. I'm still going to be there. You can be in the hospital. When I was in the hospital, I said, God, you got to do this for me. I couldn't get to sleep. They said, you got to sleep. Your body's running a fever. You've got to get some sleep. It's dangerous right after your surgery to carry this high of a fever. But let me tell you, he was there all the time. He didn't have to call him long distance friend. I didn't have to ask his press agent where he's at. I just lifted up my eyes and I said, God, can you help me in this situation? And the next thing I knew, it was the next morning, they said, you had a good sleep and the fever's gone. I don't remember anything. The last thing I remember is God, can you help me? And the next thing I remember is when I woke up, they said, you're doing fine. I am that I am was there. There's a God that still can do it. It doesn't matter how bad the situation is. If you're in a financial problem today, Madonna's not going to send you no none, no money. None of your heroes and figures that you worship are going to send you any money. But let me tell you, there's a God that can still get you out of situations. There's still a God that can still move. There's still a God that can still hear the cry of his people. And he not only can hear the cry, he said, my ear is not dumb that it cannot hear. But then he went a step farther and he said, my arm is not short that it cannot save. He said, I'm not just someone that can hear and not do nothing about it. A lot of people can hear about a problem, but they can't do anything about it. But God said, not only is my ear open, my arm is ready to move. He said, my arm is good still. My arm has a long reach, and I can still do it today. I can still reach out. Brother Nathan, Judges 6 and verse 13. God said, I am that I am. I am that I am. The world puts their hopes in so many different things. And five years down the road, it's just a memory. It's just a memory of it used to be. Whatever happened to that idea? Whatever happened to that person? They're gone off the scene. But let me tell you something. There's a God that's still on the scene. And he's never going to leave the scene. He's here before we were. And he'll be here before this world is over with, friend. He's the ancient of days. And he can still do it today. 
If you've got a prayer that's in your heart today, let me tell you, God still can do it. He can still do it. He can still meet those needs. He can still do it. Judges chapter 6 and verse 13. For the nation. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Now, Gideon was, a Midi- was, was battling with the Midianites. Every time they raised a crop, every time they got ready to harvest, every time all their work was going to come to fruition, the Midianites came in and took it from them and left them just enough to eat so they'll be able to work in the field some more. They left them just enough so they can still work for them. Every time it came time for a blessing, every time there came time to receive that harvest, the Midianites swooped in and took it out of their hands and left them just enough. We'll be here next year. Go ahead and keep on working like you've been working. Friend of mine, it's like having a T-bone steak on your plate and some peas and you get ready to eat it and somebody comes in the door and says, I'm going to take that from you. You go ahead and eat the peas. I'm taking the T-bone. And this happened to Gideon year after year. Year after year it happened to Israel. Israel would hide in the caves and Gideon got tired of it. Gideon got the place he was tired of it. God, I can't take this anymore. There's sometimes you've got to get to that place before God can answer your prayer. You've got to get to that place. God, I've got to have an answer. God, I can't go any longer. I want to hear from heaven. God, I can't go any longer. I need you to say something. I need you to do something. God, I know you did in the past. I know you can do it again. And Gideon was here. Uh, His whole generation had not seen the miracles. His whole generation had been beaten down and slapped in the face and had things taken away from them. And they walked in defeat year after year, year after year. But Gideon finally had something stirring in his heart. He had something stirring in his heart. Friend of mine, when I was in the world and when I was going to another church, something stirred in my heart. I said, there's something better. There's something better than this. I know there's something better. I read about a God that rolled back the waters of the Red Sea. I read about a God that did so many mighty things and here I am in a church and not feeling nothing. I said, God, even though I was seven or eight years old, I said, God, there's something better. There's something better. Deep down inside, I know there's something better. I've had friends that have been on cocaine and heroin and acid and all kind of things, but deep inside their heart, they were saying, I know there's something better. I know there's something better. I don't care if you're a church member. I don't care if you're a drug addict today. I don't care if you, whatever you station in life that you're at. God has something better. And I knew it. Deep down inside we know God can do something greater than what he's doing in my life right now. And Gideon said something doesn't add up. But he had that hunger. He had that hunger. Everybody else was getting defeated, but they didn't know what to do. But Gideon had a hunger. God, I read about a God that used to do some things. Read, Brother Nathan. And there was an angel of the Lord came to him. Wait a minute. He said, God, if, if I'm really living for you, then why has all this happened to us? What's going on, God? What's going on? I thought I was living for you. I thought we were your people, God. But God, and there he sat with the angel of the Lord 
right in front of him. But the angel of the Lord didn't slap him in the face and say, don't blaspheme God. Don't question God. No, he, he encouraged him. Read, brother Nathan. Gideon said, I read about some miracles. I read about a God that can use to do some things. I read about a God that can roll back the waters of the Red Sea. And God, why is this going on? Read, Brother Nathan. Didn't the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? He had the Word of God in his heart. He knew God could do some great things. Read, Brother Nathan. The Lord hath forsaken us. And now nothing's going right. Read, Brother Nathan. My God. Go in this thy might. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? What do I get out of that? There's a God that's saying, somebody get tired of being sick and tired. Somebody get tired of being in the position they're in. And say, God, you did it in the past. God, can't you do it again? God, you did it in the past. Can't you do it again? Gideon was saying something doesn't stack up here. God, you did it for me in the past. You filled me with the Holy Ghost. You did great things in my life. But friend, now I'm in trouble. Now I'm feeling dry. But God was saying you don't have to stay there. The same God that did it before can do it again. He said, go in this thy strength. Get in. Don't ever quit being hungry. Get in. Don't ever lose your hunger. You may fall. You may fail. But don't ever lose your hunger. Don't ever lose your hunger. Get in. Said, God, do it again. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. God, will you do it again? And God didn't slap him. God didn't rebuke him. God didn't put him down. God said, yes, I can do it again. But I need someone with an attitude like you that says, God, I want to see greater things in my life. God, can I ask for some more? God, can I have more of the glory and the power of God? I don't want to ever be satisfied with my experience in the Holy Ghost. I want to reach out for more. I want to reach out for more. Give me a Bible study, God. Give me a soul. God, you did it before. Do it again, Lord. You haven't lost your power. Do it again, Lord. I felt the thrill of the Holy Ghost. That night you baptized me. But friend of mine, he can do it again. He hasn't lost his power. He wants to do it again. He wants to do it again. God said, get in. I've been waiting for somebody to get hungry enough to say, God, do it again. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. I saw your power in the past, and I want to see it again. God didn't rebuke him. He said, man, go in this, thy strength, and surely you're going to deliver Israel. Friend of mine, if you get to the place where you really know you want to be, and you'll never really reach there. But if you keep on striving for more and more of God, friend, God can do great things in your life. God, I'm not satisfied with the Red Sea. I'm not satisfied with the past. I can look back at my past and tell you from stories from the past. But God's not a God of the past. God's not a God of the dead. God's a God of the living. God said, I still can do it even this very hour. I still can do it even in your situation. 
even in your situation. We look at Gideon and said, man, he had it made. No, he didn't. He came up against hundreds of thousands as a sand of the sea with 300 men. 300 men. Look at our problem compared to that. And friend, we'll take a little bit more respect for what Gideon was saying. But even after he destroyed all the 15,000, he was still chasing them. He was still running after them. In another place in the scripture, he said, we got these 300 and we're chasing those 15,000 and we're going to catch them. What happened, Gideon? Gideon said, I don't want to stop. I felt the glory of God. I felt the power of God. I felt God baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Friend, I can't be satisfied with the same things I used to get in the Holy Ghost. God, I've got to get more. I've got to win someone new to the church of the living God. I've got to do something more for him. I've got to feel that same glory that I felt before. He said, go Gideon in your might and God is going to do it. Daniel 6 and verse 16. We're looking at some people that came to a crossroads and they knew that God did it in the past but they came to the place. Can he do it for me? Can he do it for me? God, I know you did it for Moses. And Moses said, I know you did it for the fathers. We know you've got a great record behind you. But God said, I'm not interested in records behind me. I'm interested in you right now. I'm interested in your problem right now. I'm interested in your life right now. I'm interested in what you're interested in. What you go to bed at night is upon your heart, friend. That's what God has on his heart in your life. He wants to do more for you than you even want to do for yourself. There's been times I say, God, you came too late. God, even if you answered it right now, it would still be too late. But I've seen God a year later answer it, and it was more than I could ever hope for, more than I could ever dream. He went back and took back those years that the grasshoppers ate. He went back and took all those things that I thought were taken from me and restored them triple fold. But Daniel came to the place God, I know you did it in the past. Read, Brother Nathan. The king, read. He's going to deliver you. The king looked at Daniel, and it's easy to look at someone else's trial. Say, oh, Daniel, you're going to the lion's den. But don't be worried. Your God's going to be with you. Praise God. It's easy for us to look at Brother Nathan's trial and say, Nathan, just keep the victory, man. Just keep the faith. God's going to bring you through. It's so easy. You can see how it's going to happen. We can all see in everybody else's life. The king said, oh, Daniel, your God is so great. You know that he's going to do it for you. Oh, Daniel, don't worry about a thing. But the king wasn't the one going to the lion's den. He was staying in his palace. It was easy for him to say, everything's going to be all right. It's easy for us to tell someone else, oh, just have faith in God. Friend, it's a little bit harder when it's in your, the foot shoes on your foot. It's a little bit harder when the lions are looking you in the face. Friend of mine, read, brother Nathan. The king had a lot of faith to start out with. Read. Read. They, they'd lock Daniel in that den. He had to do it. It was the law. They could not change the law. Even the king, once it was sealed. Read. 
He went to his palace. He passed the night fasting. Now usually, usually he had instruments serenading him at night. But the king got more, a little bit worried about Daniel. The king realized, hey, this isn't just an easy thing after all. That brother's going through something, friend. If that brother or sister's going through something, we can tell them, yeah, God's going to be with you. But friend, that king started showing some concern. He started fasting. He started doing without some things. And he said, I'm going to do more than just tell you everything's going to be all right. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to put my arm around your shoulder and say, hang in there. We're with you all the way. There's more than just saying some things, friend of mine. Whenever you see someone going through the valley, friend, put your arm on the shoulder and say, I'm praying with you. I'm fasting with you. Friend of mine, we're in this together. We're going down together. We're going up together. We're in this together. When you lose, I lose. When you win, I win. When God blesses you, he blesses me, friend. We're in this together. we got to be in this together. God, the king said, I'm fasting all night. I'm not just talking about it. I'm doing something about it. God, do something in their life. If you see a brother going through it, don't come by with all the answers. Go to your knees and go to your fast and deny yourself. And that'll do more than advice will ever do. Friend of mine, oh, he fasted and he prayed all night long. He was a king that wasn't used to doing without. Read, Brother Nathan. His sleep, he couldn't get to sleep at night. I thank God for people that when I'm walking through a valley, maybe sometimes God will lay them, be on their heart, and they'll wake up at night and pray for me. Read, Brother Nathan. The king rose as early as the law allowed. I'm going to go let him out if he hasn't already been destroyed. Read, Brother Nathan. He went in haste to the den of lions, and then this cockiness that he had, and then this know-it-all attitude he had the night before, it changed during the night. Friend of mine, it changed during the night. And he came to the door, and what did he say? Lamentable voice. That means he wasn't expecting Daniel to be there. He was expecting a meow or a roar to come out of there. He was looking to see bones at the door. Say, bring on the next one tomorrow night. But oh, he went with a little minimal voice. Oh, Daniel, is your God still able? I know you talked about a God that did it in the past. But Daniel, am I talking, are you talking about a God that can still do it? in everyday situations, in everyday trials, in everyday nitty-gritty things that no one else knows about, that nobody else really understands. Yes, I'm talking about a God that's still able. I'm talking about a God that's still able. I'm talking about a God that can still do it today. Nothing has changed. He can still do it today. Daniel, read in a lamentable voice. Oh, Daniel. We know you serve God. Oh, I know he did it in the past, but is he able to do it now? What did he say? Oh, Daniel said, hey, read. Oh, king, go to Shoney's, man, and get you something to eat because God has delivered me. Oh, king, your fast is over with. Your prayers are over with. 
go to Shoney's and get all you can eat and then go to bed because my God is still able. My God is still on the throne. My God has not lost his power even though the lions were here looking at me. My God was looking at them. My God was able. The angel of the Lord came down and he stopped the mouth of the lions. The king said, is he still able? And Daniel said, oh king, see for yourself. My God is still able. And the world is looking at us today. And they're looking at us in our trials. And they're looking at us in our situations. And they know sometimes what we're going through. But they're watching us and they're saying, is their God still able? Is there still a smile on their face? Is still a joy in their heart? Are they still thanking him? Have they lost hope in their God? No, friend. When they look at you walking down the street and your shoulders back and a smile on your face everything hasn't worked out yet but friend of mine you know that God is going to go with you you know God will sit closer than a brother you know God will be there when no one else will be there how can you do it there's a God whom I serve continually he goes with me even in the even in the den of the lions there's a God but still able. We could go to Ezekiel, and we're not going to read it. But Ezekiel, you were a prisoner. You were taken captivity. You were taken in captivity. Friend of mine, I'm talking about a saw a slave with chains on your hands, going by the river Shabar on the way to Babylon. But Ezekiel, he could have folded up his Bible and said, I'm not preaching anymore because God did not answer my prayer. I'm not going to live for you no more, God, because we're on our way to Babylon. We're going to be slaves. No, what did he do? Even when the night was dark, he said, by the river Shabar, I saw visions of God. I saw visions of God. And Ezekiel said, I was a slave. Everything was going wrong, but I still saw visions of God. If everything's going against you this morning, don't throw in the towel. That's the time God wants to manifest himself in a greater way than he's ever manifested himself before. There's some things you're never going to see until you're by the river. Shabar. There's a God that you're never going to appreciate until everything is going against you. Everything looks like it's lost. But friend of mine, Ezekiel said, there's a God that can still hear and still answer. And he saw visions of God. Paul said that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. And we love that. We love the power of his resurrection. We love to dance. We love to jump. We love to shout. We know him in the power of his resurrection. We know when he gets us out of situations and he delivers us. But Paul went on farther. He said that I might also know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. Oh, there's a certain thing. There's a certain place in God you'll never feel, you'll never experience until you've walked through the valley of the shadow of death. But David said, oh, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's still here. He said, oh, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I got a revelation. Thou art with me. 
thou art with me even when you don't answer all my prayers even when I have heaviness in my heart even when it seems like everything's against me he said even then even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death thou art with me and he went on a step farther you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies everything could be going wrong but friend when you come to the house of God God's going to spread out a table in the presence of your enemies your trials are still going to be there your problems are going to still be there but God said take time out from the battle and I want you to feel the Holy Ghost I want you to feel the joy I want you to feel the peace I want you to feel laughter I want you to laugh in the midst of your battle I want you to laugh in the middle I want you to sit there at the table and eat in the presence of your enemy the devil's looking in the door and saying man they're having a great time I'm eating in the presence of my enemies that problem's still going to be there when I walk back out the door but friend I can still rejoice in the presence of my enemies if I get enough in here even when I go out there I'm going to still be rejoicing oh I don't have to lose it when I walk out the door I don't have to lose it when I go on the job. Oh, I can still eat. I can still rejoice. My friends might say everything looks like it's against you right now. Why are you eating? Why are you rejoicing? Because he made a table for him in the presence of my enemies. We'd like to say, God, knock out the enemies. And then we'll rejoice. But God said, I'm going to let you rejoice in their face. In their face. You're eating while they're watching you. Oh, they're against you. The devil doesn't want to do you nothing but harm. But God don't want to do you nothing but good. And he said, hey, I can go with you through the valley of the shadow of death. And in fact, I'm going to prepare Psalms 23, a table before you in the presence of your enemies. I'm talking about a God that's still able. A God that was with David when he was against the Goliath. But still a God that was with him when he fell on his face. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. God, are you still there? Are you still there? Are you still there? And the Bible said, God, David came and he washed himself and he came out of that room. He came out of that, that, that morning. Friend of mine, God answered his prayer in Psalms 51. Oh, God created me a clean heart. God, I don't have a clean heart, but I want to have a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Take not the joy. Oh, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Even in David's darkest time, even when he fell flat on his face, even when he fell God, he still could reach out and say, God, are you still there? God, are you still listening? God, do you still hear? And God raised him up, friend, even though everything was against him. We can look at the life of Jesus and we can see once he got here in the flesh I don't know if the, the, uh, the enemies of hell the demons of hell looked at him for 30 years he's not doing nothing not one miracle 30 years when he comes in the flesh now we saw him do great things before we saw him do great things for Daniel we saw him do great things for Moses but now God's in the flesh can he still do it? 30 years rock by. Can he do it? 
Now he's coming flesh, he can't do it. He don't have the same power that he used to have. I imagine him talking. Man, look at him. He sees the blind walking by him every day, and he can't reach out his hands and heal him. Once he came in flesh, he lost his power. We got him now. But friend, I'm talking about explosion of three and a half years that everywhere Jesus walked, it was a miracle. Everywhere he went, he exploded. Another miracle. Bartimaeus, I'm still able. Come on up here. I'm going to lay my hands on you, and you're going to be healed. Zacchaeus, come down out of that tree. Take up your bed and walk. Everywhere Jesus went, everywhere he went, people came by and touched him and were healed. Everything he did for three and a half years. And the devil said, I guess we can't even stop him in the flesh. There's nothing we can do. Even after we crucified him, he still rose from the dead. But oh, now he's gone. Now we don't have that Jesus to worry about anymore. We don't have him to worry about anymore. But suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. And God said, hey, hey, I can still do it again. I can still touch lives again. Forty days went by while they were there. They prayed. He showed himself 50 days after he rose from the grave. Or 47, whatever. We'll go on from there. But anyway, after a substantial, substantial amount of time after that he rose from the grave, the devil still, can he still? And people, what's coming? What's going to happen? Does God still have that same glory, that same power? Friend of mine, he's got more. He's got more. Because after he was crucified, friend, that unleashed the power for him to come inside of us. That unleashed the power for him. He said, I am with you. You're walking by me and you're seeing all these miracles. But he said, I shall be in you. Instead of one person to worry about, there's going to be 120 and there's going to be 3,000 and then there's going to be 5,000. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared on them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and all of a sudden God like he breathed into Adam the first time he breathed into them the power of the Holy Ghost he breathed into them and they started jumping and they started dancing and they started rejoicing I don't care how tall you are you're not tall enough to hold the glory of God I don't care how big you are you're not big enough to hold all that inside of you when God comes down friend there's nothing you can do about it because David said my cup runneth over it doesn't matter what size we are he wants to fill us overflowing till we can't hold anymore God fill it up do it again Lord do it again Lord my God and then we looked. There went Jesus. All the miracles were gone. But here's these 3,120. Does he still have the same power? Does he still have the same power? And a few days later, Peter and John walked by to the prayer room. On the way to the prayer room, a lame man said, I need something. And before they even realized it, I don't even believe they knew what they were going to do. The Holy Ghost came on them and said, for back then. God did it back then, but he can't do it now. Oh, friend of mine, let me tell you, he can still do it today. He never stopped one time. He never stopped for one second. As I knelt at the altar and prayed, a teacher told me that Holy Ghost is of the devil. You're going to be speaking in the devil's language if you get that Holy Ghost. Friend of mine, 
A teacher in school told me that. A Christian teacher, so-called. And as I knelt at the altar, as I knelt at the altar, Sister Elder, one thing you said in your revival came back to me. And as I prayed there, I said, God, if this is from you, I want it. Uh, I pushed aside all the lies. I pushed away all the things that people said. You can't get the Holy Ghost today. You can't live for God today. It's too rough a generation. You just can't do it in the high school. You can't do this and you can't do that. But I just knelt there and I said, God, if it's from you, give it to me. If you got it, I want it. And friend, before one second was up, my body went over the altar and I was speaking in another language that I never learned before. And the Holy Ghost was rolling through my body. A joy I had never felt before. I had won championships before. I'd done things in the world. But friend of mine, there was nothing that can compare to when God comes in. And that's why the devil said he can't do it anymore because he don't want you to have it. He doesn't want us to have what God has. But friend, you got to say, God, do it again. Do it again. Just like you did on the day of Pentecost. He can do it again. If he did it back then, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's never going to stop working. He's never going to stop blessing. He's never going to stop his mighty power in our behalf. Oh, friend of mine, I've told you about what all God will do. But let me tell you something. Why doesn't everybody in this city have what God has for them? Why doesn't everybody have the Holy Ghost? Why doesn't everybody live for God with the joy and the peace and the heavenly home? My name written in the book of life means more to me than anything else. I don't, I'll sacrifice happiness. I'll sacrifice pain. I'll sacrifice anything. But friend, I'm not living for him for the loaves and the fishes. I'm not living for him for what he can do for me. But I'm living for him because I want to see my name in that Lamb's book of life. I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you a ruler over many. You listen to what I said and you got all that I had for you. Come in into the joy of the Lord. But why doesn't everybody have that this morning? Why? Because there's some things that God wants us to do if we want some things from God and I prayed about some things for years and years but I came to the place where God said there's some things you've got to do I've been willing I've been able I've been ready I have not lost my power but the question mark is what do you want to do do you want the power do you want it do you want it I can go to a salad bar in this city and I can sit at my table and I could talk to the watermelon, the salad bar, and say, I want you to come over here and get on my plate because I'm very hungry. I came here to get fed. I came here to get something. And I'm sitting here with an empty table. And I tell you what, I could probably, if it's like there it is in Junction City, you could sit there for five or six hours, and that food will never come over to your table. It will never come over there. You're going to have to get up and do something about it. Even though it's tasty, even though it's great, even though it's what we want, that's what we came there for, we gotta do something before we can get it. Some people say, God, if, if, you, if you want me to have it, then God, you just give it to me. No, friend, you gotta seek. 
You've got to be searching. You've got to be seeking. God, I know you can do it in the past, but can you do it again? Some of that depends on us. For 2 Kings 3 and 16, there's some things that we've got to lay down. There's some things that we've got to make room for. God wants to do some miraculous things, but God, what do we got to do? What do we got to do? They were thirsty in 2 Kings. They were ready to die of dehydration. They went out to a battle and didn't have enough water. And they were ready to die. And read, Brother Nathan. Go back up a verse. From that, please. Okay, they went to the man of God. And they said, man of God. Man of God. I want a blessing. Man of God, I'm thirsty. I want something to drink. Man of God, I've got a problem in my life. I want it solved. I'm talking about a God that can do it. But now I'm talking about our part. Where do we fit into this? How do we get it? How do we go from just wishing to having? How can we go from just wanting to actually having? I looked at what God's promises were, but I looked at them like it was across the street. I kept looking at them, but how do I get from here over to there? God, you promised this, and you promised that, and I don't see it coming toward me, but God, show me there's some things that I have to do. There's some things that I have to do. Read. They went to the man of God. That was the first thing that they did. They said, man of God, tell us what to do we've got a need in our life we're not gonna go and try to figure it out ourselves we've got a serious need man of god this is what the bible says to do go to the man of god and listen to his counsel and the man of god said i i want to wait on god for a minute and read brother nathan read read the spirit of god the man of God is not given advice just off the top of his head, but God has dealt with him through years of experience. And he knows when to say something. He knows when to wait on God. And this time, it was time to wait. And the minstrel came upon the man of God. And the Spirit of God moved on the man of God. But it wasn't what they liked. Read, Brother Nathan. And he said, God said, dig some ditches. Wait a minute now, preacher. Uh, we're dying of thirst, and there's hot sun, and we don't have enough water, and you want us to dig some ditches. You want us to get out there in the sun and sweat and probably die to dig some ditches. And he said, go dig some ditches. That's what God said to do. Let me tell you, if you're a saint or if you're a visitor here this morning, there are some things we're not going to understand, but we just got to do what God says do. We're just going to have to follow because God knows where he's going. Why dig ditches? Sometimes God has to make room. Someone preached on that one time. God has to make room for a miracle. God has to dig. He has to make room. Why are we digging this ditch? We don't know, but we're making room for something. We don't know what's going to happen, but we got to make room for something. Friend of mine, if you're living in sin today, God wants you to make room for his presence. But he can't come in until you make room. He can't come in until you say, God, 
forgive me. God, forgive me. You can't give the blessing that you want to have until you kick some things out. Because God said there's not enough room for my miracle and what you got in your heart at the same time. So keep on digging. Keep on digging. Keep on digging. And I prayed. And I prayed. And I prayed. And the answer didn't come. But friend, I was digging some ditches. The longer you dig, the more room there's going to be for a miracle. I've noticed the longer you pray for something and the more you struggle for something, the greater the victory is when the answer comes. Why? Because you're a building room for a miracle. Let's get all this dirt out of the way. God's going to do something. God's going to do something. Let's make room for a miracle. It's time to pray, but the telephone rang. Sometimes shut the telephone off. I got to make room for my miracle. I got to dig some ditches. I got to make some room for a miracle. Some things in my life, I've got to look at them. Do they have to go? Get on out of here because I'm making room for my miracle. I've got to have room when God wants to bless. Some people can't get the Holy Ghost because they've got things in their life. But God said, dig, dig, search, search your life, search your heart, start throwing things out, start throwing this out. And even after you get the Holy Ghost, you feel things stopped up a little bit. Get that shovel out and start throwing some dirt. God, I want this out. I don't know if it's right or not or wrong, but if there's a question, let me get it out because I want to make room for a miracle. I want there to be room when God wants to bless. God wanted to give them water, but he said, you're going to have to do something first. I'm not just going to come down and slap you with a blessing because you're never going to remember it. I want you to dig. I want you to dig. I want you to pray. When you come to the prayer room before serving, what are you doing? You're making room for a miracle. You're saying, God, I want the Holy Ghost to be there tonight. Let's pray and fast that God can do a miracle and dig. And what happened, Brother Nathan? Read. He told him to dig ditches all through the valley. Yes. Yes, that valley's going to be filled with water. Read. You may drink. There's going to be more than you even ask for. You ask for you, but I'm going to give you enough from now for your beasts, your cattle. And God did even more. There were three armies, I believe three kings, that were coming against him at the same time. And not only did God give them water, but those kings looked out and they saw that valley with that water sitting there and the sun shining off the valley. And they said, look at all that blood in the valley. Israel had then fought against himself. Israel had then killed themselves. And I believe they threw their weapons down. The Bible doesn't say, but they went down in haste. And they said, oh, we're going to get all that spoil. But the Bible said Israel slew all of their enemies right then, even though they didn't even pray for it. But because they dug some ditches, they dug some ditches. When it's time to pray, sometimes you just got to say, I know I got a lot of things to do, but I got to build some room for my miracle. God can still do it, but he can't do it with a full room. I've got to make some room. I've got to make some room. I've got to make some time. God, give me some time to pray. Sometimes you just got to make some time. You got to build your room and say, God, I want you to meet with me here. I want you to be here. You Sometimes you pray and don't get nowhere. 
You're just digging ditches. But for the next time you look up and there's water everywhere. The Holy Ghost is everywhere. You just begin to pray. And God said, I saw you kicking some things out. I saw you digging. I saw you sacrificing. I saw you praying. And God said, I'm going to fill you up with my blessing. Brother, for the last scripture, let's go to what Peter did. Matthew 14 and verse 27. God can still do it. And we get excited about what God can do. But friend of mine, God wants us to do some things before he can do the miracle. God wants us to do some things. I could have sat back there in that church all my life and said, I'm not going to that altar. God can give me the Holy Ghost right back here. But I'd have still been sitting back there because God is a God that wants you to do some things. He's not going to do it all for us. And if we want to see his power in our lives, we not only got to believe that he can do it, but we got to say, God, I'm ready to do something. What do you want me to do? God, I'm ready to do something. What do you want me to do? God, what do you want to change in my life? What do you want me to do? Or do you just want me to just continue doing what I'm doing and waiting for that miracle to come? But God wants you to do something. He can't just come back and fill you without you wanting the Holy Ghost, without you wanting that blessing more than anything you want. After we get the Holy Ghost, sometimes we get satisfied. And we say, I'm stopping right here. I'm not moving on anymore. A friend of mine, you got to get that hunger and say, God, I want to see some things like I used to see in my life. I want to see some things that I used to see in my life. God, what do you want me to do? When Paul was struck down, he didn't say, Lord, what can you do for me? He said, Lord, what can I do for you? What do you want me to do? When Jesus healed the sick, he didn't tell them, you're healed right now. Most of the time, he said, go and wash your eyes. I'm going to do the greatest part of it, but you're going to have to go wash your eyes out because I'm not going to do it all for you. Friend of mine, when the Holy Ghost is moving and you have a need, you can just sit there and God might pass you by. But sometimes when the Holy Ghost is moving and you've got a need, you've got to reach out like Zach Bartimaeus. Oh, God, don't pass me by. Oh, God, I know you can do it, but I know there's some things I've got to do. There's some things I've got to do if I'm going to see that great power that you've used in the past. He didn't tell Gideon to sit here and watch a miracle. No, he said, go, go and do. But a lot of times when Jesus did a miracle, the next word was go. Go show yourself to the priest. Go pick up your bed. Arise. Do something. Pick up your bed and walk. I healed you, but you still got to do something. Friend of mine, if we want to see God moving in the way we want him to move, we've got to get with it too. He's moving and we've got to move with him. When God's calling us to do something, that's the time we've got to get with it. God, I still believe that you can still do the great things but, oh, God, what do you want me to do? Read, Brother Nathan. Read a, maybe a verse 27. Let's start at 27. Okay, Jesus was walking by on the water. Read, Brother Nathan. Be of good cheer. Now, they were scared out of their mind. They were in a storm. They were ready to die. And here they see a, a figure walking on the water. And Jesus said, be a good cheer, man. Don't worry about nothing. It's going to be all right. 
Here they were ready just to lose it. But he said, be of good cheer. And they said, is that Jesus walking on the water? Read. Lord, if it be thou. He said, Jesus, I know you well enough that you're not going to just do it right now. I know you well enough, God. I've been walked with you, and I've seen so many miracles that you've done. I've seen you move so many times. I've seen you heal the sick. I've seen issues of blood healed. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen devils cast out. But Lord, you know how I know it's going to be you if you tell me to come. Because that's the God that I serve this morning. A God that doesn't say, I'm going to do it for you. Peter said, if it's you, I know you're going to tell me to come. And friend of mine, if we're going to get anything from God, we're going to have to know Jesus just like that. If we're going to get anything from him, we're going to have to listen and hear when he says come. Because he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Lord, I know you well enough to know that the miracle's waiting if you want me to do something. And Peter said, read, Brother Nathan. And Jesus said, come, read. Peter said, hey, you're not going to do the miracle until I step out by faith. You're not going to do the miracle if you want the Holy Ghost today. You're not going to get the Holy Ghost just waiting. There's going to have to come a time when you're going to have to step out of the ship. If there's a miracle that you need in your life, sometimes there's going to come a place where you're going to have to fast or you're going to have to pray and you're going to say, God, I'm coming out of my ship. I'm coming out of the status quo. God, I know you can still do it today. But Peter said, I know you can still do it, but I know you're not going to do it unless I do what you tell me to do. And he began to step out of the boat. Read, Brother Nathan. And he began to walk on the water. Friend of mine, when God calls you out, you're going to do things you've never done before. You can sit around and dream all you want, but until you start putting some action with it and still you put some action with it you can pray for a job all year long but until you go outside your house and start knocking some doors and filling out some applications god is not going to do it you can sit in your house and say god i want you to do this and not pray and god is going to pass you by because he wants you to do something and Peter was walking on the water let me guarantee you something if you'll step out and you'll touch God like you never touched him before if you'll say God I've got a hunger like Gideon had I've got a hunger and a thirst I want to go places I've never gone before Jesus will do it for you and Peter began to walk upon the water I'm afraid I'm going to fall Jesus I'm afraid I can't keep it up if I start praying and fasting like that oh don't worry about it you'll start walking on that water but then he began to fall when he took his eyes off of Jesus but what's more significant the Bible said immediately Jesus grabbed him and pulled him in to the boat friend of mine as long as you're trying as long as you want to live for God as long as you're giving it all your heart as long as you're praying and say God I want to see it happen. Friend, you've got a God that even when you don't do everything you're supposed to do, He'll grab you when you're sinking. The Bible said immediately He grabbed a hold of Him. 
friend of mine, don't be afraid. You've got a God that wants you to do great things. He wants you to do great things. He'll help you to do great things. And you're going to see a miracle in your life. Everybody in the building stand. Brother Nathan, why don't you come? I just wanted to challenge you this morning. There's a God that can still do everything that he used to do. There's a God that can still move. Every head bowed. I'm not going to give an altar call. But every head bowed. I just want you to think about your life. God, I want to see some things in my life. There's some things I want to see in my life. And I've seen God do them enough to know he's still able. I've seen him enough to know he's still able. When I received the Holy Ghost, it was the greatest experience in my life. Friend of mine, he's still able to do that for you this very day. If you want to come back tonight and pray in these altars. And saints of God, if there's something that you've been praying for for a long time, tonight I want you to come and I want you to give it all your heart. I want you to say, God, it's more than just talk. I want to come out of that boat. I want to do what you want me to do. God bless your church this morning. Hallelujah. Let's all lift our hands right now. Oh, God. God, let us reach out to you, God, and take your hand. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, our ways, we are weak, God, but with you we're strong. God, our thoughts are not your thoughts, God, but let us, God, walk in your ways. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
I'm not trying to in any way, but I want to read one verse of Scripture. Psalms 137 says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. Then verse 3, For there they that carried us away captive, captive required of us a song. That they wasted us, required of, of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If you're in a strange land, you can't sing the songs of Zion. You need to do what the man preached this morning, is to lift up your head and take the Lord's hand and let him lead you and guide you. Oh, when you're in a strange land and the devil holds you captive, you can't hold your head up high. You can't get that weight out of your heart. You can't get those bands that have your wrists bound together loosed unless you can sing in a, a song in the Lord's land. Amen. Hallelujah. And you've got to have the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Barry, for preaching to us your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. My Lord. Amen. The Holy Ghost is real. If you don't have the Holy Ghost this morning, you can have it. Amen. If you want the Holy Ghost right now, you can come down to these altars and receive it. Repent of your sins. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Is there anyone here tonight, today, that would like to receive the Holy Ghost right now? Amen. You can receive the Holy Ghost this morning if you want it. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Everyone praying, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, speak to our hearts this morning, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I'm glad for the preaching of the word. It's what will save your soul. Amen.